sweethearts, how are you? It's barely about music. Episode 21, I have my band on again, and the special occasion is that our new record, Walking Through a Fantasy, comes out today. So you have to indulge this, okay? Maybe you're here to hear yet another white male comedian on my show. I don't know. I'm assuming you have some sort of affection towards me. So we're going to do what I want to do today. We're going to talk to my band. We just had our album release party, listening party, and uh, and that was fun. And then everyone came over to my place the next day, and we did this podcast and had some drinks and just uh, kind of reminisced about writing and recording the record and uh, our, our own chemistry that we have with each other. It's a little bit cheesy. I'm just going to tell you that right now, but get over it, you know? Get over it. It's 2018. Let's all just be affectionate towards one another. Whatever. Here you go. Barely about music. Fake shark. Walking through a fantasy. Out today. Listen to it. Bye. Okay, Tony. Hey. Um. So what did we do last night? Uh, yesterday was our album release uh, party. It was, our, it was our listening party. Our listening party. It's not even out listening. yet. We pre- just spoilered pre-leased. our whole album last night. Yeah, we released it to the to the general public's ears. That's right. Anyone who wanted to come down, there's and pizza. W- there was pizza, which I didn't have because I'm still intermittent fasting, and it was after 7 p.m. So can't do that. Shout out. Um, shout out, Dr. Rhonda Patrick and Joe Rogan. <laughs> Um, yeah, we all brought, we played our record and then we were going to play other records that we like and, and that was going great. And then some guy with long hair came and put Aphex Twin on or as Lewis's girlfriend Nash says, Coke music. (laughs) Cleared the fucking room. It was good though. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, what do you, what did it, what did people say to you guys about the music? It seemed like it was getting genuinely good reactions between songs which is surprising because everyone was drunk and had pizza in their hand yeah so i'm i was impressed that they were actually listening people were vi- like there's the conversations but i saw like head nods and yeah people were giving giving me backpats and stuff yeah. yeah they definitely loved it it seemed like there was different favorites already yeah you know like different friends of mine were like oh hang out all night that's the one yeah and then yeah, I saw Dave tell me, and like as soon as Little Lies came on, he just went to the middle of the room and <laughs> stood there and then stared at me, and then just started like really. And I watched over to him, and he's like, "This song is really cool." So. He's right. <laughs> Dave Tomiak does our live lighting and music video lighting, and color uh, correction, color correction in our videos, and also photography lighting. Yeah. So shout out Dave Tomiak. He's a hell of a guy. We tried to convince Johnny, our friend who directed the wake-up video, to name his son Dave Tomiak Jr., and he didn't do it. But he's still thanked in our album liner notes. As, as Dave, Dave Tomiak, Tomiak Jr., Jr. it's the only time I'll thank a baby in my liner notes, as if I get to choose the name. Yeah. Next child. Next yeah, child. Johnny tried to sneak that damn baby into the smile video. Or in the wake-up video. Yeah. That's why he we didn't do a smile video, because yeah. I have a no babies policy. <laughs> Speaking of which, I had a drink with Matt Webb and his baby the other day. Yeah. It's good, good fathering. Was the baby drinking? Babies. It was the baby's idea. Um, Matt Webb's, of course. Okay, so we had released Wake Up, 
the first single. That was April, right, Lou? You're so good with mm-hmm. dates. It was in April. It was very end of April. I want to say the last week of April. Right. Around there. And, um, yeah. That was the last, like, we did a podcast right when it came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we've talked, we've talked about that. And then after that, how long was it? Because the next single was Feel Alive. And when, when did that one come out? Uh, that was the last, second or, second to last or last week of August. Okay. Yeah, it was, but it was late, late summer, like August 20 something. And then and we released Smile. That was like exactly a month later. And then the album was ex- is going to be exactly a month later. So I think, yeah, it was because the album's coming out on the 26th. So I think yeah. they're all around the 20 something. So what you're saying is we do not fuck around. No, we have a tight, tight schedule. It's the, co- it's, it's how it works now. The consistency of releases or else everyone thinks you've retired if you're not releasing things all the time, which is interesting because we used to release like a song and then one song a year. It's <laughs> <laughs> a deep cut, man. There's people in this band that don't even know what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's trade the mic. Let's talk about what, uh, Alex, let's talk about drumming. So when we, typically the way it's worked is that I'll start a song and then I'll bring it to you guys and we'll, we'll just book some studio time. So then the pressure will be on for me to actually write all the lyrics and everything like that. Yeah. And then, and then you guys will bring in ideas and stuff. And so, when you, because I was thinking about this, it's like you have like a rough idea of what the song is, basically the structure, and then you'll go in and kind of freestyle it one time, and then the second time will be kind of more dialed in, and then we'll talk about it. We'll have a conversation about what the different sections should be and and what you should maybe do and what you should accent. Yeah, I I think definitely with the creative process uh, in our band, the way I'm approaching uh, drums is don't overthink it. Like, don't go down the rabbit hole before pre-production wise. Like, right. It makes it easy for me because <laughs> I don't have to spend hours like, you know, doing all the homework and trying to really figure it out. I think really what, uh, and I think that's, you know, with Lewis too and, and Tony and, and Jake and whoever's in the studio tracking at the time, it's, uh, we all trust each other and so you know when someone's getting excited about a certain part mm-hmm. then you get excited about it and you, okay yeah. that's the right direction yeah. and um, instead of kind of like okay i gotta play this fill here i gotta play this you know this this lick here it's more like right i'm just gonna kind of get in the studio with all all my friends and i'm gonna yeah. play what feels right and if somebody gets excited about it then we'll keep going with it totally i don't know it, it seemed really laid back um you know we had pepe uh shout outs to pepe shout outs to pepe <laughs> funny fun funny side story yesterday when he was at the bar he's the engineer of walking through a fantasy by the yeah. way the new album shout out pedro shout out um pepe. he was at the bar and then he was paying for his drink with his iphone yeah so i went up behind him and i said what's up apple pay pay (laughs) sorry i had to to say that one anyway back that's good back 
yeah, the Pepe's, uh, he's like this. He, he's from he, Brazil. He's from Brazil, and he's got incredible ears, and he plays air drums like about 23 hours out of the 24-hour day. And very accurately. Yeah, he's got the double kick chops, and <laughs> he's got fast hands. I've seen him, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he is, man. And he's just he's he's uh he's somebody who who creates confidence in the room and and, yep. and he's great at getting the sounds that you're looking for and referencing all that stuff for everyone. So he's yeah. a big part of this album, I think uh Absolutely. And um and what we've done for the last album as well. So um Yeah. Yeah. It's great cuz he'll step in when need be, but he also isn't going to interject in a way that he shouldn't if it's, it's not appropriate. But he's also got the chops, the engineering chops, and that's not something that's really a typical thing to be passionate about for a studio person. Because, like, I'm in the studio all the time. I'm not a passionate engineer. I'm a passionate producer and songwriter. Definitely. And, you know, he's got to change hats, like, eight times a week, you know, with yeah. all the, the, the traffic that goes in and out of the the studio at 6.04. Yeah. Um, um, but I think we've also developed really good friendship with him as well as each other in, in yeah. this creative process, which I think Absolutely. is really kind of uh, it's 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 speaking through the, the new album. I think is something Absolutely. that it doesn't seem like it was forced in any way. It, it just seemed you kind of you know we talked about music, mm-hmm. we referenced some albums of kind of what we want to be inspired by, yeah, and then all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh, I got this. What do you think? And yeah. and uh, it's like, oh, we love it. And uh, <laughs> and then we get to go in, and then you know we take a, a left turn here, a right turn there, yeah. and 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 there's no like, no, it has to be like this. It was always just like, yeah, that sounds great, awesome. Didn't yeah. think of that, or totally. you know, just playing to what we we all thought was like the best approach to these songs and uh and i think that's why we're all so proud of them because nothing got choked out along the way and totally and you know lewis was talking earlier about how much uh you know how quickly this has kind of you know come to fruition mm-hmm. and that's such a you know there's never like overthinking or shelving it and being like uh, and losing love for the songs or the process it's been a chance to no it's just kind of rolled out it's so um yeah. i think that's also you can hear it in the songs. so yeah, i, I kind of wanted to say give some context because i don't think we've done that yet so we put out for real last summer yeah. and then started writing some songs but then i think when it really got going as far as this album um, it felt like around November, December, yeah, like like a year ago, like yeah. right around a year ago. Yeah, it was the oh, fastest yeah. turnaround we've ever done. And well, I mean, we have enough to do another album again in a few months, which we are yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, because we tracked eleven or twelve or more, yeah, yeah. maybe more, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like with um. With For Real, it was like mm-hmm. you demoed like almost 80 songs. And then we yeah. even re- fully recorded full studio, even like fancier studio, like warehouse studioed mm-hmm. a couple songs that did, like didn't even make it on the album. And then this one was just like you went on a writing retreat, Kevy, yeah. and then came back and just kind of had this like fire. And then we did, um, as a band, did a couple... Um, we did a show in Vancouver and a show in Victoria. Oh, yeah. And uh, then I think right around that time, that was like December, like late December, we got on this like, like we just started like getting in the studio, getting after it. And then we just like January hit and we were just like 
going for it yeah and just having so much fun it, and, it has been the most fun and it uh, yeah and, and it's easiest. like the most yeah the easiest and the most proud i've ever been of Me a record too. and yeah pedro was like kind of looping that back in it was like a big part of it too because yeah. he was like being a bit more experimental than i've seen him be like i remember yeah. one day alex you were tracking drums and then he was like telling me about this mic and he's like oh you should I have this one mic that I've put against the wall. It has really good sound. And I was like, what? And he's like, it's the specific wall in the room. And he's showed me, it's like, like the front corner. And I was like, that's the weirdest. <laughs> like, you have to be. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a room mic that was pointed at the wall. So it so like, the, the bounce. And then he's like, when you put it here, you get really good sounds. And I was like, I'm so glad we're working with yeah. you. I was like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. But then there's other things that we did like. Um, I don't know. I, I love my amp, but I hate recording amps because there's always like buzz and other weird, annoying things that can happen. Mm-hmm. So for like sake of time and being creative and just writing lots of songs, Kevin and I always just like DI the guitar. Mm-hmm. And last night, Pedro was bragging to Brad and Jessica from the, the band Jessica, Jessica yeah. about how I have the best DI guitar it's tone true. he's ever it's heard. It's next level, and it's stereo. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if that's really like something that, as a guitarist, you really like want as your... Uh... <laughs> I say you do it live. Just run a couple of st- stereo cables right through the crowd into the board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fuck what this, I want to be known for. Fuck this amp business. They're yeah. heavy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't even need that. Kemper. Yeah, no, I don't even... Yeah, I don't... I don't Kemper. I go into... Uh, yeah. Yeah. For all the nerds, <laughs> I go into a creamer yeah. and I go stereo yeah. from my board. That's always stereo. And future, yeah, stereo guitars. So when they come in and um, yeah, actually I went in there the other day and we we're editing the um, or mixing the um, Fantastic Hallucination. Fantastic Hallucination live. Uh-huh. And it wasn't any editing. It was just mixing. Yeah. And I heard the guitarist like in stereo and I was like, whoa, Pedro, did you put some sort of like stereo widening on this? And he's like, no, that's your two channels. Dude, I was like, your solo in that song sounds so Santana in the sickest way. <laughs> it does. The tone is so Santana on that particular recording. It made me laugh like in a good way. What can I say? It's a hot one. <laughs> it's supernatural. Hey, Jake, you are kind of like the newest guy in the band. And true, you true. kind of joined in uh to play keys sort of like right as the faux real circle cycle was going on which mm-hmm. is the last album yeah and you and i were kind of talking last night about sort of how you were excited about that and then when you started hearing the new songs you were like excited about that too it was yeah i was i was super excited to be a part of the band when faux real came out mm-hmm. um some i mean some of the tracks that stood out were um no FOMO. No FOMO, definitely. No FOMO. Was that that's that one really that one really grabbed me for sure. Well, that's your that's where and you guys do your best live dance moves. Oh, I did yeah, I don't know. I just really connected with it all the all the sounds in it and yeah. um but this yeah, the new stuff just feels like a whole another level and I'm Yeah. Yeah, and Thanks. it and it went from being super stoked to play in this band and um and then it became a feeling of like being honored to be a part of it. So oh, it's, man. it's taking it to another level and I'm, I'm super stoked about Thanks, it. Buddy. That's great, great, man. Um, it's, it's I'm happy about the record. 
It's yeah. interesting that you um, connected most with that that stuff because when you and I talk about music that you grew up on, mm-hmm. it's like lots of skate punk and stuff. It's a lot of skate punk, but yeah, it, yeah I mean, I kind of went all over the place like in my teenage years formative listening to different types of music but I think we all have yeah this has got to be one of the most eclectic taste bands but in the world and open-minded totally. and nobody's music taste ever gets shot down and i love that no it's it, but yeah when i grew up it was it was a lot of skate punk but then it was like apex twin oh yeah so, oh that was you that put that on last yeah. night I I felt he's hiding his come to daddy. I felt partly responsible because he started pulling out records. I'm like, oh, Aphex Twin, I love Aphex Twin, and then it was all Aphex Twin (laughs) immediately afterwards. I know, I love Aphex Twin too, just not after. What were we listening to right before that? And then he was he was a great guy. He was yeah, and then um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was stuff like that, and then Beatles and classical music and philip glass and you know weird random stuff so it was all over the place did you ever have a hip-hop phase uh i didn't have a crazy hip-hop phase but i got a lot of uh hip-hop through osmosis through my brother because he's a huge hip-hop fan and he um interviews hip-hop artists that's right yeah he's written he he has a book out about hip-hop what's it called let's plug it uh it's it's been out for years it's called Ice T shot me in the face and thirteen other stories about rap. That That's the best That's title real. I've ever heard. <laughs> and it's about <laughs> Body Count. Yeah. Ice T of Law and Order SVU fame as you know him shot Luke in the face. You know um, Ice T, voiceover actor <laughs> of the other guys. <laughs> uh but yeah, so I got a lot through him. So I mean a lot of what I'm into uh, as far as hip hop is concerned is just by being around it all the time. Cause he would listen to it all the time. And I was, yeah. Yeah. I had two old, older brothers. So a lot of what they listened to, I ended up listening to. That's gotta be the best yeah. source of discovering stuff is having an older brother. For sure. Who got shot in the face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think his brother actually got shot in the face. I think it was, it was with a story. The, it was with the water gun. Okay. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Accounts, man. If you haven't read it. <laughs> Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> hey, I think that was a warp to sick thing. Super Soaker 50 was when it came out. It was a big deal. It was Super Soaker 50 was the yellow and green one, and it was like the most common. It was like the default squirt gun you'd get it as a, at think, your birthday. I think I got. I think I got that one for like my fifth or sixth birthday. Really? And then, and then I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers. And then my, <laughs> <laughs> And then my mom like took it back and broke it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Your mom had interesting viewing rules. Like you're basically allowed to watch anything with black people in it. And what was the other one? It was like, oh no, she liked she liked Aerosmith plus reggae. That was yeah, her yeah. music taste. Yeah, that was like the you, go-to. And then you could watch like anything on UPN or something. What, what was yeah, the rule it was again? Like, I, like um, all like the old like Fox comedies. So like Martin, Living mm-hmm. Color. Great kind of cover and shit. I was wearing a Martin T-shirt yesterday. Yeah, I couldn't watch any. Yeah, it was like I could only watch The Simpsons if Bart didn't swear. Once, he, <laughs> so anytime he swore, my mom would get. She's like, "Oh, I don't want no damn Bart Simpson <laughs> <laughs> with him cussing out." So yeah, so that it was that, and then and then um yeah, and then um 
I used to, yeah, I was allowed to watch Power Rangers growing up, and then, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have, like, the moms with the conspiracy theories, so okay. I think there's uh, some story where, like, what was it, like, some girl got beat up in England, and, like... Because of Power Rangers? Yeah, so, like, it, it, it turns out it was bullshit, Well, but, to be fair, she was dressed like a putty patroller. <laughs> Ayo. But, um, yeah, so after that, yeah, my mom's like, yeah, you can't watch Power Rangers, so I had to, like, sneak... Ooh. I had to sneak at like seven in the Get morning before she wasn't a lot. I'm like, oh, sn- oh, sn- yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just watching Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> Teletubbies is way worse than Power Rangers. Exactly. That's some acid trip shit. That's acid for children. Yeah, man. But I digress. Power Rangers was great. I was thinking about time slot hits, and it's like there's no reason I should have seen so much Murphy Brown. And I only I only watched Murphy Brown so I could watch star trek because that's what i'm saying yeah when it it's used a to time slot hit dude yeah when it used to be on um kvos it was like so dude, i'd get God. home i'd get home from school do my homework mm-hmm. dinner time family would watch jeopardy or whatever and mm-hmm. then depending on the time of the week would be like either like roseanne or home improvement okay then murphy brown at three thirty or seven thirty. okay then my bedtime was like eight, but yeah. if Star Trek was on, it would get extended. So you're the biggest next yeah. gen fan in the world. It's it's it it, it's, it holds up to this day. I just so love it's like you can't you your can't commitment deny. to your own tastes. Like Lil B and Star Trek Next Gen, it's never going away from you. You're the world's best fan. I like what I like, man. It's true. That's what it is. It is an accurate statement. Hey, man. Why? That's why I'm in this band. So <laughs> that's Shout true. Out. Because we found Tony because he was doing. The old version of the band, Fake Shark Real Zombie, we found Tony doing drum covers on YouTube to the band. That's how that's how we like found out about Tony. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I invest early, man. You you gotta you gotta get in. You gotta throw it in. Throw your throw your penny stocks in. And okay. Just like watch the money pile up. I've been noticing. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny is that um, when you were going to join Fake Shark Real Zombie, I wanted you to play drums. And then you were like, I actually was thinking it'd be cool to play bass. And I was, I didn't even know you played bass. Mm-hmm. And I was with Steve Bays at the time. And I told him, he's like, oh, you should let him. You know, he's a really good singer. And I was like, what? I, di- I didn't know. And I was like, okay. It's like, if that's what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah. And I had well, no idea. Because no, that was when I took that year off. And then Jason was filling in for me. So I, like, I think I just saw some videos where he played. And I was like, yeah. He's holding it down. I'm like, and I think uh, what we have. Who was playing bass? Miles. Miles. Yeah. He, so he when when he uh, booked off, I was like, yeah, man. Let me let me. Let you never. Come in. Miles, Miles is my she, friend man. who worked with me at HMV for a second. That was my last job. Was HMV, and it it was an exercise in doing no work. Like I would, I worked in the jazz and classical department, which was its own room. And I would literally put on Facebook, hey, I'm going to be in the jazz and classical department. Come hang out with me. And then like 12 <laughs> of my friends would show up and I would do no oh, work. Dude, tell, no one came in there ever. Tell the Gary Oldman story. Though. Oh, man. This is a good story. Did I tell you guys this ever? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So, so I don't think I've told it on the pod. Right. So good. This is a good one. So, okay. At, at HMV, I used to work at the downtown HMV and it, it's on Rob, it was on Robson. It's a Victoria's Secret. It's now a Victoria's Secret. So don't go in there for riffraff CDs. Go in there for riffraff underwear. So celebrities would come in there quite a bit. Like I saw Cindy Lauper in there. Oh, I have a weird Tom Hardy story about when he came in one time. I saw 
um, Reese Witherspoon in there a couple times. I, I met Justin Bieber in there one time <laughs> when he was like uh, in eighth grade, I think. Um, so one time I, was, I, I used to be there a lot and Gary Oldman would come in quite a bit, but you didn't know it was Gary Oldman because he was in his own version of Incognito, which basically looked like a pimp. He was wearing like he was wearing like a fedora and like a leisure suit Larry pimp. That's a really deep cut. That's PC nineteen eighty eight. So he was he was wearing like exactly he was wearing like uh, Oregon Trail. He was wearing like gold framed thick glasses that you know those dudes that are so cool in their fifties they wear somewhere between sunglasses and normal glasses indoors and you're like that's fine that guy's cool. You know what I mean? It was like half tinted, but not. Yeah. yeah, he was wearing those, but and they gold frames and a fedora, and then and he'd always come in and buy Criterion Collection DVDs. And every time that I worked, he'd come to the register that I worked at, and I would never acknowledge the fact that he was Gary Oldman, regardless of the fact that he may be my favorite actor. Like his performance in True Romance is so cool. He's a great actor. I love him in Fifth Element. Lots of great movies. So I would never mention it, and then. One time I was uh, I was leaving the building because I was on break and he had a bunch of stuff and he wanted to buy it. And he's like, are you on break right now? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, fuck. Okay. Like he only wanted to go to the cash cashier <laughs> if I was working. for Exactly. Um, and so he's like, God damn it. And then I saw him go to this other dude. And by the way, Gary Oldman had the heaviest credit card I've ever held in my hand. Was it was a goddamn card? pane of glass. What's that? Was the black it was see-through. Oh, shit. That's like titanium. Seems like there'd be no limit on a card that's see-through. <laughs> I don't know. But so he, he went to the till, and ironically, a British dude helped him and ID'd oh, him. No. He asked him for ID. And I was walking by, and Gary Oldman... No look, grabbed a copy of Batman Begins. It just happened to be there. Threw it in the guy's face and said, there's my fucking ID. And I laughed so hard because that's the most baller shit. Yeah, it's called a cash crasher. So if you bought other shit, you can get that for $6. That happened to be the cash crasher that week. And so he threw it in the guy's face and said, there's my fucking ID. And I laughed so hard because... That what are the odds of that happening? Like you know, and then so, so it became folklore around the store that it happened, and I just happened to see it. And then so, like a week later, I was on the cash register, and Gary Oldman <laughs> comes walking up, and he's got like a little smirk on his face because he knows what he did, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" And he's like, "Good." <laughs> he, know, he knows he was a dick. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'm ringing him through, and then the security guy comes up. He's like, "Hey, don't don't ID this guy." And Gary Oldman shot him the biggest "fuck you" look, like you idiot. And so that was the Gary Oldman story. The Tom Hardy story is that he was in there and he's with this big British security like guy, I guess his security. Yeah, I think they're filming that the Batman movie when he was Bane. I think that's what they're filming here. And so Tom Hardy was wearing like workout gear and he was buying like 25 Xbox games. <laughs> 25 Xboxes. He just left them all over the streets. People were not bored that night. So he um he's he brought it all up and he's baked like he was his eyes were like almost shut and he he put it all on the on the table and i started ringing it through 
and I didn't know who he was, but every person, every dude I worked with there who was gay was like, like they were like all in love with him. And I didn't know who he was, but afterwards they were like, you haven't seen Bronson, you know, that movie where he's like, uh, it's a true story about a prisoner in Australia who was like loved fighting the other inmates and stuff. So he just whooped their ass all the time. And, and Tom Hardy played him and his, his dangling's out like whole movie. So they're all peering around the corner looking at Tom Hardy and he um he's like so stoned and and I'm ringing it through and then that that security guy's like man why are you buying all that stuff that's stupid and Tom Hardy's like what do you mean man and he looked genuinely like like he felt ashamed that he was <laughs> buying video games or something and he's like mind your own business and then that dude kicked him in the back and then they started sparring <laughs> Yeah, yeah like they clearly spar together, like do martial arts. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> like heel kicked them in the back, and then they started like kicking each other. No, I'm the clerk, dude. I'm not kicking Tom Hart. I'm not kicking Bane. So they are sparring, and there's a lineup. It's Christmas time. There's a big lineup. And Tom Hardy was like... I guess famous, but I didn't like. Like I said, I didn't know who he was, so I don't think a lot of people knew who he was. But so you're like, who's this asshole? Yeah, I really was, and so, <laughs> and so, uh, I'm like, hey man, can you pay for this stuff, please? And he's like, oh, so sorry, Steve Bay's impression. Uh, oh. and he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then he paid, and then he got out of there, and I was like, guy's an idiot. And then my friend Kenny, who worked there, was like, that's Tom Hardy. I've been in love with him for five years. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, so those are my best HMV stories. Speaking of Xbox and Kenny, I just watching Eastbound and Down, and I just saw that episode where uh, Kenny Powers buys his one year old son a fucking Xbox. Oh man, I love I love Eastbound and Down. Yeah, he had, have you seen the show that he has his more recent one where it's the same writer and director, but he's a vice principal. No, it's very funny. The the predecessor to Eastbound and Down is called Foot Fist Way, and it's it's him and the same writer director, and he's a martial arts instructor, and it's so funny. It's yeah, really good. I've never seen that. So. It's like super indie, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like like Will Ferrell saw it because yeah, yeah. Danny McBride was a catering person on Talladega Nights. That's how that happened. Really? Whoa! Yeah, wow. that's so cool. I love Danny McBride. He's another he's another example of a dude who's looked 40 for 20 years. <laughs> I have no idea how old he is. I also like that he's in the new Alien movie. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's like how Keegan-Michael Key is in the new Predator movie. Yeah. I think movies like that, they gotta have like a... They gotta add some comic relief to edge it out yeah. a little bit, but it's still like fits I like, in the universe. I like seeing comedians not be funny in movies. Like my favorite Robin Williams movies are like Goodwill Hunting and Patch Adams. You love Patch Adams. <laughs> it's not funny. Actually, it's not funny. Today I was just <laughs> seeing comedians uh playing like non comedic roles. Apparently Mike Myers is doing a role in the new Queen uh, movie that's coming out. Oh, really? Second, and he's like, I guess, the record producer for, I can't oh. remember, if it was, it must have been Electra, that uh, basically says, no one's going to fucking play Queen. Wow. And like, because they're trying to pump uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Oh. And it's this long song, and, and he basically said, no. It, which is really cool because culturally, he completely gave them a second. Yeah, Mike you Wayne's know, like, World did. Yeah. That's so cool. I yeah. love when they do yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. I can't remember. I think it was like Loudwire or something that was had a post about That's it. That's brilliant. Um, 
Yeah, and he's like, you can't recognize him. He's got like a beard on. He's just being a total dick, right? Uh, with a British so, accent. Yeah, I was going to say, does he have a British accent? He does, so yeah. Basically like Austin <laughs> he's just, yeah, this is the new Austin Powers sequel we've been waiting for. No, but, apparently he like went to bat to like try and get a role in that movie because obviously he's a big fan. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one to see, actually. That's great. Yeah. Um, Mike Myers did a, was in Inglorious Bastards as that uh, German... I forget what the character was exactly, but it was a serious role. And then he was in 54 also as like a... Yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. He has such range. Mike Myers was like owning it for a while because he had so many franchises. Yeah. Shrek, Wayne's World. Um, the Love Guru. Austin Powers. He was like the OG Adam Sandler, man. Yeah. That, well, he oh, probably is that what did to it? retire after. <laughs> he was disappeared after that moment. He was just there. He was just standing there looking serious when that happened. That's not his fault. Yeah. He act his way out of that one. Yeah. Um, okay. So, with the new record, so three of the singles are already out. Um, Wake Up, Feel Alive, Smile. I am excited... I am most excited for people to, aside from that, hear the song "Little Lies." I'm, I, I think it's going to be good. What do you guys think, Tony? What are you most excited for? Oh, it's famous enough. That's yeah. There, well, I, to that's the com- one song Steve Bay's produced. To be completely honest, I feel like that whole the whole album, any of those songs could be singles, like yeah. on any given day. So, I feel like this is like probably our most like streamlined record. That's what I think too. So. It's yeah. definitely gonna have like the appeal where people just kind of fuck with it from the get go. What do you What do you remember about? Because famous enough was produced by Steve Bays, who produced our song "Cheap Thrills" and "No FOMO," mm-hmm. uh, and a couple other ones. What do you remember about those recording sessions? Uh, fond memories. Fond memories of being um, obliterated. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah. Do you remember when you fell asleep sitting up and uh, Steve was like, "Hey, Tony, do you want some pizza?" And you're like. Very much so, but you didn't open your eyes because I think you thought you were having maybe a dream where someone was offering what time, you pizza. What time? Of this was like five in the morning, and no, Steve was trying to hand you a pizza, and you're like, "Yes, I would like pizza," but you didn't open your eyes, and oh, I was like, man. "Tony, open your eyes," and then you did, and you couldn't believe there was really pizza. Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was like you you dreamed, and then it it's almost like you made a wish and it yeah. came true like you, dude you manifested like, yeah that. like when you yeah when you have a really good dream and then you're like in the middle of the dream you're like oh no i'm dreaming and you open your eyes and you're like damn it but and then you, wake you open up. your eyes and you're like oh my god yeah. it's like walking through a fantasy it's like just like walking through a fantasy hey. that whole album oh. is a think piece on that situation <laughs> out, out now out now <laughs> um okay yeah, with famous enough um yeah, that was the one song that actually was the biggest journey, longest journey on the yeah. album. Because I'd say a lot of the other songs like really came together quickly. But that one we started by going to Steve's new studio. And we were, if not the first, one of the very first bands to record. Because we did the last album, a couple of songs, Steve at um, his old studio at Greenhouse Studios. Mm-hmm. And then he moved it. He bought a house in the U.S. and then turned the backyard into a studio, which is incredible. It's yeah, it's like, amazing. Isn't it Tugboat 
3.0 or something? Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the third iteration of his studio. Yeah. And we've recorded uh, in all three. And we have recorded in all three. Yeah. Puke Rock was the... There you well, go. That was one of the very first songs you ever recorded. American Mary. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's like all reclaimed wood and he got really into Phillips Hue. So he like, has Phillips Hue lights hidden all around the studio and he even made a fake shark preset. So oh, yeah. That was like our setting. It was like For the lighting. purple and blue and green pink. and pink and all these yeah. things. And uh, yeah, and then he was like, what do you guys feel like right now? Do you want fireplace? And he'd like, hit a button <laughs> and it would be like red and yellow, like feel like you're in hell for a second like no no he's like how about daylight and turns on and just like uh, really hard no. Like, no why no. would anyone want that uh, uh, that's for uh, when you're having a fight with your girlfriend yeah. and you hit that setting <laughs> but he's yeah he's real i love that he's into that because i i mean lighting is such a huge thing to me too like i love having yeah. a good vibe like in our jam space there's five points of light and i'm always about like every room has to have three points of light yeah and we have a jam and one of the lamps isn't on and i was like you guys are tr- turn on the ghost it's, lamp. The ghost dude, lamp. It's so interesting that you're so sensitive to that kind of stuff because you're also like that with the artwork. Like kind of the way that stuff works for us is I typically handle making sure the music's right and you typically handle making sure that the artwork is right. Yes. Yeah, you, you're really opinionated about it in a way that I'm not. Yeah, especially with this album. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the artwork for this one... Um, if we're going to get into that, like, um, we'll talk about it now. All right. We are. Chrome, Chrome <laughs> Destroyer. So. Well, this, yeah, I was like, I think six months or a year ago, somewhere that was like before we started working on this album, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know, follow a lot of crap on Instagram and like over a thousand things. And I got really into like just following these, like, um, these artists that make like reboot esque art. When you say reboot, you mean the famous Reboots, YTV show. The famous YTV show, like, um, yeah, like animated, um, moving art that like looks surreal, very surreal and very plasticky and like mannequiny and really like textured, really cool. But um, yeah, this one guy I found was making these things where it was like a statue with like weird gold teeth on it or like swords or something and i was like it's so cool and uh it's like i would love it if this guy could do artwork for like something i do one day like just like dreaming like maybe one day this guy could do art and then um yeah and then when we started working on album i didn't really think about it at all but then when we needed to come up with the artwork for wake up all of a sudden, I was like, like uh, I pitched three different people, but he was definitely one of them. And then um, they came back, and they're like, uh, yeah, the other two didn't get back to us, but this Chrome Destroyer guy will do it for you. And I was like, oh, he will? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, he's That's really he's willing to do it, and he'll, he'll even like do animations for the promos and do like different Instagram stories and Facebook things. And I was like, what and he's local too yeah because i thought then, i thought those yeah dude though i thought he was with like pc music if anybody knows like sophie and like yeah qt and all that i thought he was like a part yeah. of that yeah yeah i so. mean yeah like to me when i saw when i first saw his art i thought it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen like it reminded me of like 
it, in the world of that FKA Twigs art, like yeah. that sort of, like, like it just it it seemed, it seemed like really really, um, like I don't know, like epic and oh, like yeah, for sure. and um and then yeah when they're like uh some somehow i found out that he, they said like oh yeah I mean, yeah he lives in vancouver and i was like wait he lives in our city <laughs> like i just you know when you find art online you never expect it to come it could be coming from anywhere like the guy could literally live in any country mm-hmm. and then it was like lived in the same city and he's willing to do all this extra stuff other than just the cover of a single and then so we did that one thing and wake up went really well and um the process was really great like i was really obsessed with i mean i've been for a long time like fanboy over patrick bateman and 80s postmodernism most postmodernism yeah. and i just kept sending him stuff like that and he was like yes i love this and <laughs> it was totally up his alley and then when he sent it back i just couldn't believe what he sent like i knew it was going to be good but it was just like even better than any reference i could have sent him yeah so then when we did feel alive uh, the label was like, I guess we'll just get our in-house designer to do it. And I was like, no, <laughs> we need to get Chrome Destroyer to do it. So then so then, um, when they did that, they're like, okay, well, we're probably going to release a couple more singles. So maybe we should just negotiate for him to do everything. everything. And I was like, yeah, you should. And then we're so we so negotiated. Lucky. And it, yeah, and I feel so grateful that he did because, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I am, like I was saying, very opinionated on... Um, the art but i also like kind of i really believe in like when you find someone that you trust just very much like music and producing like Mm -hmm. you just really trust their opinion and i knew that what he was going to do is great but i was like a little bit of a color palette and like with the feet i found this like nike ad from the 80s for the feel alive feel alive artwork and then i was like um i was like it's so such great art and i was like it yeah. was just like a nike ad but it was like old and i was like can we do something like that and he's like absolutely and then yeah and then the smile one mm-hmm. i was like um i just watched uh 24 hour party people yeah and i was like oh i want to do something that's like 80s british rave culture can yeah. you do something like that and he was like yes <laughs> it's like it's like the song's called smile and then when he sent the art back i was like Lord, I couldn't yeah. believe how cool it was. And actually, <laughs> yeah, in the the flip phone, it's act. It reminds me of Aphex Twin. Actually, to look wow. that back in because it's like someone yeah. should put that on in a listening party. Uh, yeah, because be cool. there's like the flip phone. <laughs> there's the flip phone, and it has like almost like the come to daddy smiley. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Richard face. D. James artwork. Yeah, yeah. really creepy smile mm-hmm. on that, and it's a smile on the phone. And it's like a tiny, yeah. tiny little thing that probably no one has even seen. Yeah. I didn't even notice until later. And I was like, that's so cool that he did that. Yeah. And then, yeah, the the Walking Through Fantasy, the title is actually a title of um, a song that we recorded that isn't on the album. Um, but then when I started seeing all the song titles and we were coming up with the track listing, to me, the tracks really flow musically and almost in a story yeah by accident yeah like because it's called like the track listening is fantastic hallucination uh-huh. wake up feel alive famous enough smile little lies little lies hang out, hang out all night. Night. and it like had this 
flow like they, it sounded like they all really work together in that order and then yeah. i was like i just was like driving i was like it's like when you like are having a dream and then you it's like a fantastic hallucination and then you wake up and then you feel alive yeah <laughs> and then you kind of want to be famous enough because i think everyone in this band can relate to that like you know and the whole that whole song is like almost like a like a double-edged sword about being famous enough to like love yourself when it's over yeah and it's this daily battle of like yeah i really want to do it i want people to care about me i want this to matter Mm -hmm. but then i mean inevitably with anyone it's just gonna like you have to still love yourself and love the music because yeah whatever like that whole thing is like it's not gonna last and then um and then little lies I don't know how to sneak that into the storyline, but it's it's in there. <laughs> but it, Little Lies is kind of about socializing and especially dating and how it's like you can, how people represent themselves is not really how they are necessarily. Like oh, yeah. if you're looking at someone's social media, you're just getting a greatest hits. Oh, nice. So, that, so yeah, that exactly. definitely works into like a daily yeah. thing. It's, that's a daily thing that, that, that we encounter. Does. Yeah, and then Yeah, and then hang out all night is just sort of like, yeah. At the end it, of the day, what you, let's, yeah, let's hang out yeah. and party all night. And then, yeah, what's the very last lyric? Um, let's hang out all day. Everybody let the old racket play. Let's hang out all night. Everybody. There you go. It's <laughs> something about till the early morning. Early morning, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember my own yeah. goddamn words. And, and then it's like you're right back to the beginning. Yeah, it, basically it restarts. Like very, very cyclical album. That song's a sleeper hit for me i yeah. fucking love that song why don't you tell us where you came up with that song kevy Ooh, i mean i'm trying to remember necessarily what the genesis was i know that i wrote a version of it and then you when you came and played on it you put a turnover in the kick pattern that changed the song completely in a, in a great way i was telling someone last night uh, uh a friend of mine uh benji um I think he brought the song up or I was just saying about the writing process I remember we were driving home after rehearsal and I can't remember for what show we were rehearsing for but I was like I got this new jam I want you to listen mm. to and right. uh, and it was an Earth, Wind, Fire song that just had that that pushed hi-hat on I can't remember it's like, like the four and it was like every fourth bar mm-hmm. but it was more just like a kind of had little light disco jam but really heavy soul you know mm-hmm. it's like late 70s but they hadn't really kind of sold out to disco which a lot of those bands did unfortunately there's some good disco but uh, it's just not it's I, not it's not my jam too many uh it just lost it a little bit for me right so i kind of stay around 77 when there's still you know a little transition but not so much anyway um so i you're like yeah 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 and then then I think you, you you may have already had something, uh, and then you just put that kind of beat to it, uh-huh. um, but not all the way. So um, then we went in there, and then we went in, and uh, and then I just kind of I really overdid the push on the song. Like I was kind of like ah, I can throw it in here, yeah, and throw we were it excited in there. about it. So we wanted, yeah, to all over and the then place. everyone was kind of jam, like you know, saying yeah, do that, do that, and it really kind of uh, yeah, I I thought it kind of gives it a really. Um, gives it a little extra mojo yeah but uh that it's it's a very i think the um that song has a like a simplicity right yeah um which was a really nice way to finish off the album yeah yet it still has a lot of you know it's it's still tasty um you know what's funny is 
Um, one thing I really look forward to on tours is me and you sitting in the front, you driving because I do not have my driver's license, and you explaining to me drum parts. I love that. Like you'll be like, check this out. This guy drops on the one here going into the chorus. Now that's a Motown move. Yeah. Now yeah. if you notice, John Mayer actually does that a lot. But like, yeah. I, I love le- like learning because I love sneaky musician moves in popular music that doesn't alienate people because it's too technical. It's I I think like uh, like I have a really um, I really admire players that understate um, clever playing. So oh, yeah. for for instance like Steve Jordan uh, for Session drumming. Drummer. Yeah, well, just one of the best of all mm-hmm. time, but he's so tasty mm-hmm. that he'll do something like, you know, I'll explain this this is like a typical conversation we have. I love it. <laughs> like cutting through the prairies at whatever time of day, whatever. Yeah you know day of year it is or uh, mm-hmm. anyway so i'll be like knows how he's accenting at about maybe 38 percent higher on the hi-hat on the and of four but he's not opening it up mm-hmm. you know it's just those little like things that that are details and you'll are, you'll say yeah. this to me all our girlfriends will get bored and then i'll get like <laughs> stoked i'll be like yeah oh my god i gotta write but you know like I don't know. I think, and I think that's what we tried to pack into this album. Like, yeah. and 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 it's it's kind of like like hidden roadmaps that if someone figures it out, they'll be like really stoked. And if they don't, and or they don't care to look for those things, it's still going to sound really good. Yeah. Which I think is kind of you know we talk about you know getting this album to the next level mm-hmm. um, from our last outing, and and I think that's why because we have a different kind of passion for you know the little details that may mm-hmm. they're they're more feel than technique i guess it's both but uh, yeah. you know it's just that kind of like the thought and because we spent so much time nerding out on the road listening to these albums and allowing yeah. everyone to bring all their own you know um yeah c- creative uh influences without <laughs> any judgment we can just be like yeah let's reference that or let's just admit that and um yeah. i think Talking about, I wanted to reference, you know, one of the one of my favorite parts about this album actually is that it's called "Walking Through a Fantasy," mm-hmm. and that song isn't on the album. I love that because, uh, like, it's going to come out later. It's like it's like uh, that's cool. It's like Blind Melon did an album uh, called Soup, and they didn't have the song Soup on the album. And then it's one of my favorite songs. There's Soup, you know what I mean? And it came out in you know posthumous album after Shannon Hoon died. But I, you know, people have these B sides that they yeah. you know, had written with the album. They call the the album that, but they didn't. Have, I just think it's uh, those yeah. kind of little things that I think we're embracing moving forward, and you know, and, yeah. and have the freedom to do that is is something that uh, yeah, is really inspiring. I mean, we're so lucky we get to do this. Like we just did some dates with Our Lady Peace and Glorious Sons, and and uh, we have some more really good shows coming up, mm. and it's like. The the atmosphere in this band is like the most positive thing. Yeah, it I, is. Everyone's so supportive of each other. It's amazing. And I, I most remember, bands aren't like that. The, yeah, and I, I remember. I think I can't remember who it was. I went up to. I think it was you, Jake, and I, and I said like, "Let's never take this for granted." Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, when we were doing the OLP show, and um, I think it was the leg <clears throat> that we had. What uh, the nice oh, leg, the leg room, room we had on the flight <laughs> Air Canada? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it's so just. It was, it was the culmination. But yeah. it's just, you know, I I think. Uh, more more leg room. <laughs> yeah. Just in general, in my it's, life, it's the details and yeah. um and just you know, 
don't take it for granted. I yeah. think, you know, we're not a band that wants to have this image of, of I don't give a fuck and fuck establishment. And, you know, like, I think we're more in the, uh, the, um, the realm of like positive creativity and, yeah. and just making the most of the opportunities we get. So, and I think, uh, in a, in a, in a career of a musician, like mm-hmm. the more opportunity you get, the harder you work. Um, which is an interesting way because you think you got to work hard to get an opportunity. Yeah. But when you get the opportunity, you actually have to work twice as hard every time you go up the ladder. Totally. Um, which just makes it more and more, um, more and more of a commitment. Which you think you're already committed, being like, well, "What do I do to start? How do I get my feet off the ground? Who do I talk to?" That's like. Right. That's the beginning and you think you're grinding and then you get that first like open door you're like okay well now I have to just work my ass off and and I think that's something that we embrace mm-hmm. and it just gets more exciting cuz you're working harder and Yeah. Well yeah. we want to work hard. We yeah. love it. We love playing as much as possible and like we really really discuss every nuance of the live show and the recordings. Like we don't want to rip anybody off at all. Yeah, that was another cool thing about this album was like um, on the last album and a lot of the times when me and you, Kevy, have mm-hmm. written together starting songs, mm-hmm. we'd like reference something, we'd like pull up a video, be like, oh, have you heard this? We should write a song like this. Yeah. Oh, you heard this? We should yeah. write a song like this. And then um, this album, we didn't really do that anywhere near as no. much at you all. Know, but when we did, yeah. our Alex and I already like in person thanked alex for doing this was like we were working on a song and he's like okay but you can't think of this song as you trying to write their song this has to be going through the fake shark filter like this has to be your mm-hmm. song yeah and they're like oh okay i get you now well, like because it's always like so much like oh man like uh like uh what's the CeeLo song called um crazy it's like that crazy song is amazing and then you're like you're like we should just cover it and i was like cover it we should just rip it off (laughs) 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 and then (laughs) alex like no 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 you guys can't do something like that and um that yeah that encouragement more to like lean into just our own bullshit it's like it really it actually and also like yeah you getting really into like getting heavy onto like the um the little drum nuances mm-hmm. and it got us more like creative all around and just being excited about being creative and we yeah. talk so much about music and just reference so much music now that it's not like it's not like we're just like referencing one or two songs it's like referencing so many songs yeah and another thing to get back to the listening party and being a vinyl thing like another thing that happens on the road a lot that alex has brought to the band is like whenever we go to whatever city he'll research like the, the best. best record shops yeah. and we always and, go and we always go it's like yeah. you have to do that on tour and we have to find record stores and then just dig through the vinyl and then we'll be, he'll be like uh oh, it's too pricey like First yeah yeah it's gotta be it's gotta be an early copy it's like, oh, you don't want this one. It us- the first one will come with a gatefold or like. Alex just like- got Meet His Murder original pressing. By yeah. The Smiths. Yeah. So rare. How soon is now is not even on there. It is. Oh, it is? Yeah. It, only in Canada and Australia. I found this out after buying it because <laughs> it's not on the credits on the back of the album. Oh. oh what? 
Whoa, that's yeah. even cooler. It's on it. Yeah, because it was a B side from The Queen is Dead, isn't it? Their first. Uh, I thought it was just from a the, single. The no, it's, it was a. It was a B side from one of the singles off the first album, I believe. And okay. someone's going to murder me if I if I get any of this wrong because I'm new to the Smiths. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's on. It's on. It's the first song on track B, and Smiths purists are totally against it because it, it they think it wrecks the fluidity of the album okay. from the other songs. But the album's all over the place. I fucking so love that album. I fucking love that song and the album. And uh, but the one of I just wanted to share the memory of that day. We're in Saskatoon. It's our second show opening up for OLP and um, uh, we walk into this store and it's called uh, Vinyl Exchange Great we've been there probably three times we also go to uh, the Park Cafe oh yeah which is Lou's Uncle's Lou's it's Uncle's just Diner fucking, what is it what is it the 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 Monte Cristo sandwich yeah. <laughs> a ham sandwich man doused in in an egg and then deep fried or some shit anyway and then shoved into your face at gunpoint <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, great, great place to eat, and it was packed. We go there for brunch. We had to wait like half an hour. It's a good yeah, sign. Your yeah, uncle's doing good business. Like Bar Tari. Yeah, that's right. We usually have to like. We usually get royal treatment showing up there, and this time yeah. we get dropped off yeah. in like a van from a driver picked up straight from the airport. Yeah. And we're like, Roxas, Rock the Cafe, and I'm, I felt like so cool. And then he's like, "We're busy. You gotta wait. Like, oh, go for a walk." Yeah, so we eat our Monte Cristos and whatever uh, other items we had, and uh, and then we usually rock into the Vinyl Exchange right after. Absolutely. And it was funny because we're walking around, and I, I see this record, and it's Slave, and and uh, and it's a Slave first album, Slave, and we're in this massive record store, and I'm like, can you put this on? And he's playing some. What was he playing? Before he was playing that? Aphex Twin. Oddly was enough, it? Yeah, I swear right. to God, <laughs> he was. He was he because was. because I was like, I can't believe you're playing Aphex Twin in here for the same reason. I can't believe that dude he played was. Aphex Twin. Yep. And then yeah. he was like, you know, he has a new album, and he put it on. It was like, bing boom, bing boom, bing boom. Bing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, sorry sick. for busting up the Aphex Twin, uh, but I, I I put on this album and uh, and I was just. I, actually, I'm starting this episode with Aphex oh, Twin. <laughs> Come to Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're walking around the store now. After I busted up the Aphex Twin, the guy must have been so pissed off. And I'm like, "Can you put the Slave album on? Slave, Slave." He's like, "Yeah, sure." I just want to make sure it played well. And I actually hadn't really heard the album. Put it on, and then we're just wandering around listening to this heavy soul, <laughs> like like face melting guitar solos. Mm-hmm. And uh, not like, yeah, I'll buy it, of course, after that. And um, actually, I think it's the next time we're doing reference tracks. I've got the first three tracks off that yeah. record. We're about um, dudes for another as, pre-pro. As soon as it started, I was like going, I was actually in the R&B section. And then as soon, uh, just I wasn't even paying attention to the music because I was on in the store. And then all of a sudden, I just like head popped up and I was like, what the hell is this? And I turned around and looked over and Alex is at the counter and I was like, he must have put this on. <laughs> and I didn't say anything, and I just kept like looking through the records. And then all of a sudden, Alex started like walking my peripheral. I'm like, what is this? And I knew you knew. You're like, it's slave. Like, yeah, but yeah, it, right. you, another reference. So good. Well, definitely. And then you bought a Brothers Johnson uh, album, which is like the yeah. gospel man. And yeah. good to you that song. Like, I, I think Quincy produced that album. Yeah. That's right. And it was like, I actually watched the Quincy doc, yeah, and barely yeah. 
it literally like it shows up as a slideshow that's just showing he's like yeah and then the late 70s got really good for me and then it just shows album covers like as if you're like <laughs> it doesn't go into detail through like itunes it's just like brother johnson just keeps on going and i'm like i yeah like that was it like it was just like a blip on his life like that guy yeah well, well you got like frank ray and michael like you know like and everyone else yeah. uh yeah Basie, you name it. Anyway, that documentary is amazing. If you haven't yeah. seen it, see it. So tell the story, Alex, about finding that Smith's record. Uh, well, I don't know. I find like a lot of records I, I look for. I, um, yeah. I do a lot of homework on. you're the biggest on. vinyl collector. Yeah, I'm, well, I like don't you know. Have Tony, vinyl Tony's, and then Tony's you got post, some deep cuts. You post uh, the playlist of your parties your after. Well, yeah. no, no. I just have a... I, I'm just a bit of a nerd, so I buy like... Uh, I guess my um, my brother's father in law taught me to like only buy mint condition records, okay. treat them real good, and um, you know go for the original pressings. And I guess it's just kind of more of like collector's thing where it's more of a treasure hunt to find the ones that's like first press. So um, I look for them, but as well as like because like all of us in this band we're pretty musically open minded. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always listening for new directions to go and and yep. and um discover so i actually i think it was you kevy who got me into the smiths because yeah. that's been a big influence of yours how did that big start big time i mean um actually the the way i got into the smiths was when i was a, te- a young teenager and i got into deftones they would cover all these sort of eclectic bands like i discovered bad brains through deftones i discovered mm, yeah, yeah. the smiths skinny puppy the Cure. Um, I already knew The Cure from the Crow soundtrack. They also covered um, <laughs> the the song Burn on the Crow soundtrack by The Cure is my favorite Cure song. I know that's not a cool thing to say, but it's the fucking best song. Okay, so so Deftones did a cover of a, of a Smith song called Please, Please, Please Let Me Get What I Want. Yeah. It's so good. And then so the first one, it's one of those things where you just don't know where to start, so you just go get one of the records. And the one I got was Me is Murder. It's yeah. like the artwork. I still like to parody that artwork for a fake shark t-shirt. And it it was kind of when I was starting to play music. And you know how when you start to play music, you want technical shit. Like, mm. I liked Primus. It was like, it's like, oh, well, I just, uh, I'm starting to play bass. I want to hear the best bass player. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Smiths are low-key so technical. <laughs> Their bass lines are incredible. The drumming, the Johnny Marr's guitar playing, and even Morrissey's vocal melodies are so... Unique and changing, and it's they're they're all shredders. It's crazy. It is. It doesn't it's, feel it, that way though when you listen to their music. No, you you can I guess uh, perceive it a lot of different ways. But yeah. when you when you really dissect it, everyone's extremely like good at their craft, yeah. and they're doing it for the purpose of musicality, not you know out of like a selfish look how fucking good I am. It's like tone. It's not. Feel. They're not wanking. No, not at all. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, after I went through their catalog, I really connected with that one because it is a little bit all over the place, all the different yeah. tracks on the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you just showing me this when we were driving home from a rehearsal again. And yeah. uh, But, you know, I had to wait for the uh, the original <laughs> pressing to show up, right? <laughs> so, uh, of course, I'm like, oh, my God, it's the original, what is it, 80... It would have been 85 or something 85, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I buy it, and you you tell me to see if the song's on. It's not on it, and uh, and then everyone starts. I posted these things on Facebook and talk about you know being excited about this album and, and talk yep. a little bit about it. And then all of a sudden, uh, 
who was it? Uh, Adam V, I think. Oh, Big he, Smith. He fan. chimes in. He's like, you know, this song's, I, you know, because I, I put the pressing number. He's like, I got that one and blah, blah. And then everyone else is kind of getting all excited about this pressing. I have no idea about. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, and then I put it on side too. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's on there. And, um, yeah, so anyway, these are the these are the happy times in in uh, our journey that we it's get to. A, it's so fun being in this band. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. It's so therapeutic and amazing, and like bonding, and and we're lucky that it's like that for us because a lot of bands aren't like that. You yeah, know? last night I, I like I was like kind of nervous leading up to our listening party. Yeah. Um, you know. It's pretty like you cram all your friend. You make all your friends come. Yeah, I was like texting everyone. Yeah, like like my like my family. Although I, everyone everyone actually was really into it. They all wanted to come. Yeah, but I was just making sure. Like, are you coming tomorrow? Are you coming tomorrow? Like right just now, texting people. Um, I was just like I, you know, really really wanted everyone to come, and um, I mean it, it was like kind of a fluke that it happened because I was just inspired by Alex having the vinyl nights and. I love when those happen because it's just like a casual hang where you just get to listen to music mm-hmm. and then you inevitably talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like people always do album release shows where they... Uh, perform. They perform their record and maybe they'll perform it in track order. Yeah. It's like, maybe that makes sense, but I just... It's so much more work. We should listen to the thing it, we've been fucking like, working on. Like, yeah, but yeah, also we've we worked so hard on this thing. It's like... And, and I don't want to think of, yeah, exactly what you said, Tony. It's like so much work. I don't want to be like lugging all my stuff. I want people to hear the produced version yeah. and get to hang out with them and listen to it because yeah. I'm proud of it. It's yeah. done. I don't want to fucking play. And that's exactly what happened. You know what's funny, and, dude? I, I'm so bad at enjoying things in the moment, but I'm like working on not being that way. Yeah. That I didn't realize I was supposed to be having fun until we started playing it. And I was like, Wait a second! All my friends are here, and we're listening to the thing I'm proud of. This is the best. It was. Like, I said that to you. Yeah, it was. It was such a fluke too, because Adam was. We were talking about like, because like a couple of weeks ago we were at practice, and then everyone started to be like, "Hey, what should we do for the record? Like, should we gonna play a show?" And I'm like, "I think it's too late to promote a show. Like, what? I don't know." And then Adam Fink just reached out and was like, "Yeah," and was like, "Hey, I run this uh, this final night, and I did it." I personally did it a year ago. And so he's like, do you want to come like play some records at this night? I'm like, oh, can we play our record before it comes out and have people at it? And he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) It's not on vinyl. It's not out yet. And then he was like, yeah, whatever you want. And then it was like, it's the greatest thing. It was packed, all our friends. Yeah, and it was such a great way to enjoy it. And I really like put off actually listening to it in order. Like I only really listened to older versions of it to make sure the track order felt right and the flow felt right Mm -hmm. but then to like and then i really was like saving myself for like this moment where we got to like all be together in a room with our friends and just like put it on yeah and uh yeah yeah i trusted that it was gonna sound good we let (laughs) some some key fans in yeah shout out v she drove like seven hours or something to (laughs) come to it yeah and Yeah. yeah and it was yeah it was really really satisfying and it was like you know those things where i was like so worried leading up to it and then i was just like so relieved and excited and i genuinely feel so relieved and excited now that this album is coming out in two days or whenever this podcast comes out i'm gonna put this out same day yeah and um 
yeah yeah i feel like yeah genuinely like this is the the best thing i've ever done and i think I feel as like this too. band is the best thing we've ever done yeah. and i feel like it's like the things are just lining up and really like a lot of our friends that came like said that and a lot of my really close friends are critical because they're all musicians like blunt and yeah and just really blunt like they're not being no one's being mean but they um you know they're your really good friends i've had a lot of the same friends for like over 10 years Mm -hmm. and they're all musicians and i've played in bands with almost all of them so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of opinions everyone has an opinion and then to have your all your really close musician friends come and support you and just be happy and fully enjoying it mm-hmm. and have different opinions on which songs they like yeah it was just one of those things where it just didn't feel real i was like yeah it's like walking really, through a yeah, fantasy yeah i really felt like we we're jake was already laughing because he knew that that I, was gonna be sad yeah i feel alive gonna hang, gonna <laughs> hang out all night <laughs> <laughs> the purple butt. I I thought one of the the I don't know, just one of the more uh, enjoyable parts about last night was when uh, we were about to fire the record on, or yeah, in its entirety. And Lewis is like, "Hey, we're gonna put the record on, and you can talk, and you know, maybe try and listen a bit too, but like enjoy, right?" It was this really laid back approach to like not making it a big deal and not yeah. overselling it it was just like uh-huh. we're here to hang out and be in a room together yeah we're not going to put any pressure on you to like yeah. analyze what we've just <laughs> done or you know it was just like enjoy and yeah. uh and i thought that was just like kind of summed up you know how special last night was yeah because we got to just share with our friends not put any pressure on them or ourselves mm-hmm. Or create a space where it was like emitting anxiety. It was like, we're really proud of this. Yeah. This is what we we've been doing. Hopefully you like it. And yeah. and you know, have it and the and because of that, I think it set the mood for everyone just to be like, Yeah, fuck. Okay, let's get another drink and hang out and totally. and then once in a while we'll we'll check in with what's going on and and start dancing. Like there's people randomly oh, dancing at different parts of songs great. and so it fun. was like oh like it just made this this very kind of intimate and just you know, it was. It was. I guess one. I'm going to segue here, but one of the other parts is like you look around the room and you've got all these fucking fantastic humans and mm-hmm. really talented people yeah. that actually worked with us on this record. Mm-hmm. And you know, what I mean, like name it. Like I could name drop here, but I, I don't think it's necessary. I just think that like we're very lucky that we have these people that we can call friends that totally. will willingly be a part of our creative process. And uh, and all have fucking fantastic attitudes and heads on their shoulders where it's mm-hmm. not like no one's intimidated intimidated by anyone. They're just happy to be creative and yeah. be a part of what we're doing. And that's like that's 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 as rich as you can get. Absolutely. So, Alex, what's your what's the track you're most excited for people to hear? Uh, I don't know, man. I I, I kind of go in waves. Um, realistically, in the last maybe th- i guess what's well, been about two weeks since we got all the masters in mm-hmm. i kind of mastered have... by dave kutch who did the new justin timberlake record by the way oh yeah yeah shout out jt and, yeah and mixed by ryan and and I guess ryan worsley and steve bays and, and joe zook <clears throat> just of a u2 just, fame there's some there's some name drop in there and those are all <laughs> those are those are all uh yeah 
all heavy, heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I guess for me, um, I think it fluctuates. I like Hangout Night because it was a lot, Hangout All Night because that was the last one we tracked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just kind of, I like the simplicity of it. Yeah. Um, I think Little Lies is like a, just a, a real mojo machine. Like I, I just think <laughs> yeah. that has some kind of like has a darkness to it. I'm not yeah. sure if you feel that. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, a and synthetic, I, sexy darkness. Yeah, it's like, it's, and you know that you know you push me down till I'm kissing the pavement line. Just like <laughs> I think it's one of your, your best fucking lyrics, Thank man. You. Thank it's you. really nasty, and uh, <clears throat> and then I like um, I'm a nasty <clears throat> bitch. I, I realistically, I could go through all of them, but I think those two are because yeah. they haven't. Those are kind of like the last ones I've heard recently. That yeah. they're still really fresh, but I still kind of think like uh, "Fantastic Hallucination." Kind of, I don't know if that was like the first one we tracked, or was "Wake Up" the first one we tracked. The f- okay, so here, oddly enough, the first song I've written for this whole album cycle was "Little Lies," and I wrote it in L.A. No, when I impulsively went there. When I was staying with my friend Annie Hardy, shout out Annie Hardy, she's been on this podcast. She's of the band Giant Dragon. She co-wrote part of Little Lies with me. Awesome. Because I was right. She has a cool like jam room where she she jams with her band, and I was working on it in there and by myself. And then she just kicked the door open and had a guitar on. She's like, <laughs> "Let me record." And then she she wrote the bridge progression. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, she played it on. It's a guitar. It's a guitar lead, and then you hear these guitar harmonics in the beginning, and that's her too. She did all these weird guitar sounds. She's like really shoegazy. Mm, yeah, it, it comes out in the song for sure. So, "Little Lies" was the first song written. The second song was "Wake Up," which was like maybe a month later. And then I wrote "Fantastic Hallucinations," the demo version, but didn't show you guys because I thought it sounded like Coldplay. Oh no! I love Coldplay. I don't know why that's a big deal. I just didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But- but that song, that was one of the ones where, there's a couple songs in this album, like you sent me Little Lies, and it took me, it took me a minute to get like on to that song. Okay. And there's a couple songs that were like, that I sort of indulged in, like yeah. Little Lies, and then um, there's another song around the same time called Killing Me, mm-hmm. which you, I think, were intending on more like a Motown yeah. sort of soul thing. Big time. And I went the opposite direction and, and decided that I was like, spaghetti western. let's do surf spaghetti western yeah. and make these into these like cinematic songs. I just went real self-indulgent on them. It really worked. But it is this like beautiful mashing of these two worlds. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, Stay tuned. Yeah, a little That's spoiler alert. Killing, Killing Me was a song that was finished for this album, but um, is not on this album. You know what, though? I feel but, like it's 95% there. I need to do one small change that's going to that's gonna be a changeover in verse two, and then I'll be happy with it. Yeah. I just don't... Exactly. Yeah. I just don't know what yeah. it is. It's so... Songwriting's so weird that way because it's yeah. just... I just don't... Like, like, we wrote a song also called Quicksand. Yeah, I love. Yeah, there was uh, there was a while where there was like eighty percent of that song. Yeah, and that one that one's a bit more. I think like there was this period that I went through where like things just sounded like you were going in a surf direction, whether you thought you were or not. I love and surf I was like, tones. Okay, we're going surfy, and then I just went like more. I like leaned into that, yeah. and you're like, 
I don't, I don't really hear it as much as you do. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and but they ended up so cool because we were kind of like yeah. interpreting different things, but in the same way, like mm-hmm. Fantastic Hallucination, like you were saying, sound to you sounded like Coldplay. Mm. As soon as I heard it, um, the other band that I'm in, Youngblood, Blonde Diamond. It's called Blonde Diamond now. It used to be called Youngblood. Um, Rebrand. Parker Bosley, our really good friend mm-hmm. and former bandmate, um, recorded bass. We had this one song that we just we kept trying to record with that band. And then Parker jumped on it and recorded this bass line on it. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as I heard that, I was like, this is the coolest bass line I've ever heard. He's a brilliant bass And I was player. like... I have to write a cooler bass line than this. So then when you sent me Fantastic Hallucination, I was just in my apartment at home and I was like, I'm writing this fucking bass line right now. <laughs> That's for so this song. good. And I was like, I am going to show And he Parker. would love to hear that. Yeah. And no, as soon as he, because he came to the listening party last night too. And while, as soon as I pressed play, because I was the one like hitting the space bar, I hit, I saw Parker and I started smacking him and he was in the middle of a conversation. I was like, this is the song. This Because I told him, I was like, when you wrote that song, when you wrote that bass line, I had a competition with myself against your bass line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I love and so that the, shit. The bass line, yeah, on uh, Fantastic Hallucination is the only bass part I've recorded on the album. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I played it's that It's a beautiful one. bass and, line. And I was just like, I was like, I have to make this like techie but funky mm-hmm. as fuck bass part. And then as soon as I had the bass part done, I was like, well, now this song just sounds like Tame Impala to me, so I gotta yeah. like make it more Tame Impala. So then, the guitar part, I had it's too I like when we recorded the last album, we did a lot of delay plugins, but this one I like got these like uh, shout out to Empress Effects. Yeah, I got out. sponsored by Empress Effects, and I got this new delay pedal is like insane, and yeah. so I had like two different settings that were like one was a triplet and then one was just like a longer one mm-hmm. and i was like switching back and forth between the two of them yeah and this is like going real deep but the guitar part i was like okay for this part it has to be this kind and for this part it has to be this kind and it's all within like a couple seconds of each other and i'm like yeah. hammering them back and forth so i'm doing like fancy footwork while playing a sort a of bit techie of guitar dancing. part and um and there was like no editing because you can't just edit a you delayed can't guitar a delay part. because it's printed. Yeah, it's it's just done. When yeah. it's done, it's done. And yeah. yeah, this album we did a lot of that. Where like it was just like you just gotta just gotta nail it. We committed and to tones and tapes yeah, it's committed and stuff. to tones. And, and we also didn't it. overthink a goddamn thing. No, and yeah, we didn't write. We didn't work with co-writes except for Steve for Famous Enough because yeah. he's our guy. Yeah, and he might as well be part of the band. Yeah, and in yeah. in this like in this day and age, like not over editing. And we did a lot of stuff like and the last album too. We did a lot of stuff. At your apartment, Kevin, and I did a bunch of stuff at my apartment, and then we did a bunch of stuff yeah. at just oh. at six oh four, which is really cool because it's just yeah. like you know going back to like di'd in the box, like we did. We just did it when we felt it. And as soon as we felt that, we're like, I'm gonna do it right now. Yeah, I love fucking love that. Yeah, like there's you, no chance to overthink, and you shouldn't be overthinking. The yeah, stuff and you're feel making. a lot. I mean, like after the last podcast we did. I think it was literally after the last podcast we did. Mm-hmm. You're like, you sent me feel alive the night before. Was that? After, was that I don't that even time? know if I sent it to you because you no, just you came over. It. No, no, you sent it to me. Okay, it was late at night, and I put it on, and then I was like, this beat is amazing. And yeah. then I went back and tried to listen to the song without the guitar part in it. Yeah, and I was like, huh? Because <laughs> I remember <laughs> the moment you sent it to me, I was so fired up. As yeah. soon as I heard it, I was like, 
the original demo that you sent me with no real drums. Yeah. It was just like just demo drums. It would have been just the keys and the demo drums. Keys, basic keys and because I wrote drums. the keys first. Is how that sounds. Yeah, because I don't know how to play piano. <laughs> and, and so as soon as I heard it, I was like, "This is sick." Yeah. And then I like yeah came over and then just what, just plugged into your computer. Yeah. And you went to the other room and came back and you're like, "Keep." going <laughs> i have to hit record now this sounds great yeah and it was yeah not overthinking. it was just really going with our gut a yeah lot, everything was i mean yeah so here okay here's the question what's the one you're most excited for people to hear so i guess why i was getting to that was fantastic hallucination is like the one i just like i feel like that's that's the song that i'm like so it's proud what we of. open with right now yeah it's what we open with right now and i think it just like is a huge statement and it's like it really it's like it's the hype man of the album it just gets you so fired up and then you're ready for the just delicious pop gooiness of the Mm -hmm. rest of it after that but it's just that one that's like yeah yeah we we know what we're doing we know what's up yeah and it's like it's psyche it's appropriately experimental yeah it's appropriately psyche it's appropriately experimental it pays tribute to a lot of stuff we love like Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Tim and Paula and like 70s Psych Dude, and stuff like it's that. it's funny that you... going too far. You, you basically told me I was writing like Tame and Paula bass lines and I don't listen to Tame and Paula. Yeah. So then I, know, I I've started listening to, to Tame and Paula. I'm like, oh, this is sick. Yeah. <laughs> trying, sounds like me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to get you on that tip. Yeah, Kevy, for a lot of people don't know, Kevy is very quietly stubborn. And it's oh, like... Oh, big time. You're like... Because I'm I'm type person that like... I'm always like sniffing around for like the next wave. I'm like very, I find that like is my MO and I feel like he had Tony's a lot like that too. We're yeah. just kind of like, yeah, yeah. We're just Tony's like most on the pulse yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just like constantly, constantly sniffing around. And I was just lucky enough like eight years ago to go on tour with Tim and Paula for the inner speaker album. And I remember hearing them being like, this is so cool. And I remember showing it to my ex-girlfriend from back then and she's like this is terrible like, <laughs> why do you like this classic so shoot bad. down she's like this is so yeah. bad and i just kept being like is this bad no i don't i think this is cool yeah and i just kept trying to play it and she's like oh you listen to that annoying band again and i was like yeah i am and um and yeah so but kevy's the one who's like you keep showing him stuff and he's like Nah, and then the more popular it gets, he's like, "Well, now I'm definitely not." But interested. I'll come back on my but, own terms but later. Then, but then, like, yeah, after everyone's like, mm, they'll be like, "I just listened to it. It's so good." <laughs> I was like, "I've been trying to tell you." And you're like, "Yeah, I know, but I need to discover it on my own." I really I, do need to. I don't. I don't want to yeah. get. I want to get involved in the hype, which I love that. I love that you. Oh, big time! Orange is the new black. It's like no, bitch. <laughs> I'll get to it when I get to it. I can't. I can't. Um... Oh, Ozark's so good, dude. Ozark's so good. No, I'm on fucking. I'm on season two. Jessica Jones. No, Luke Cage. Oh, you changed it. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. You've been on the jacket Jessica Jones tip for a while. No, yeah, I just finished it, and now I'm, now I'm in Luke. Now I'm on season two Your of Luke Cage. They're so peculiar. Oh, dude, Tony. the. The Jamaican accents on it, they're killing me right now. So bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the no, you know, yeah, because the whole um, storyline, it's like this, like, Jamaican, like, gangster comes back and he's, like, trying to reclaim. Yeah, well, no, I think, like, 
the like main villain like they were like business partners and he, he got double crossed and like oh, shit. the family got killed so he like comes back from jamaica but like every jamaican on it's like not Jamaican, so the accents are just like. I don't so want to hear fu- that Bart Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, it just it just it they just got yeah it just got canceled. So I saw that. I think that that speaks for itself. But <laughs> um, are they as bad as the fake Jamaican people in the movie Steel? That's a Shaquille O'Neal. Deep Damn, cut. that's it. I gotta rewatch that even to like. I feel yeah. like it might be on like Cool Runnings is on point. Those, cool Runnings that, is a good, that's, good movie. That's like authentic, like yeah. There, <laughs> that's the best Disney movie ever. I, I realized I, everyone around me loves Pixar movies and and Disney movies, and I can't care. I can't do it. I don't know what it is. It's like I only want to see movies if there's like a Mexican drug cartel, like kidnapping a a poli- white politician. Have you like, seen you Coco? Know, yeah, <laughs> no, I, like, dude, Ozark is exactly my taste, and Breaking Bad is even more my taste. Yeah, and Better yeah. Call Saul. I just want to see people's misfortunes in high definition. That's all I care about. The darkness. The darkness. I love it. That's what I love. Jake, what is the song you are most excited for people to hear? Um, I was thinking about it. I f- I feel like Fantastic Hallucination is okay. Is uh is the one. That's yeah. That's I guess that's the most tame Impala kind of song on the record. Yeah, it, like it doesn't. I don't. The intro reminds me of uh, what was that block party song? She's hearing voices. Yeah. Like, oh, really? yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel. So. I feel like it's something all its own. It doesn't feel like Tame Impala to me. I see why there there was a sense of Tame Impala to begin with because it's a little bit psych mm-hmm. and it's a little bit funky. Um, yeah. Um, it's a workout song for sure, but it's like. <laughs> but when I heard when I heard the mix that uh, Ryan did when we we were listening at that Jam the other day, I was like, it's yeah, it's it's psych, but it's like super, it's super tight and focused, big and time, that's, and that's what like everything. I don't know, just the guitar solo pops just right at that chorus and everything. I was super yeah. stoked on it. Um, yeah, fantastic hallucination, and then uh, I don't know. Famous enough and Little Lies are, are yeah pretty tight together, but yeah. But I mean, I mean, those are the those are the ones I'm super excited for people to hear. Yeah. Um. But uh, I mean, I'm still I'm still reeling over, feel alive, and and smile. Those are hey, those are jams. We didn't even really like. I guess because they're already out, it's like just not as exciting. No, but it, I mean that. I mean that's what this discussion is about is about the ones that haven't come out yet yeah i i put on feel alive and smile today and i was just loving them so it's i'm so proud of those i'm proud of wake up (laughs) wake up's fucking good (laughs) yeah remember that one four months ago came on when because the album started and Uh fantastic happened people were like yeah and then when wake up actually came on next People cheered. It yeah. was like our friends at a bar listening to our own album. And like everyone's still talking. Like literally everyone was talking the whole time too. And then that was on. They're like, yeah, <laughs> I know this one. Yeah. And it's like, know. yeah, even though it was six months ago, it's still still definitely worth talking about. I think it was four months ago, oh. wasn't it? Uh, April, whenever that was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this brings us to you, Kevy. What's your, what's your main jam on the new record, my I think, friend? I think... I think I'm most excited about Little Lies. 
it's it's it would, which is weird because it's the first track that I started working on, and usually you're most excited about the last one, which would be "Hang Out All Night," which is the one I'm second most excited about. Yeah, but it, it well, I guess I guess we finished "Famous Enough" last. Yeah, that's th- but we'd been working on that for months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we started working on that when Wake Up went to radio. Like it's been a long it's been a long haul with that particular song, but sonically I fucking love the mix of Little Lies, and I'm really excited to play it live. Yeah, like it's interesting because I was like, is this too similar to Cheap Thrills? But it's actually a different thing. Like when I started writing that song, I basically wanted to write something that was in between something that Jack White would do and Lady Gaga. That was what I wanted to do. And I feel like it does sound like an indie rock Lady Gaga song or something like that. Little yeah. yeah. I showed it to I showed the whole record to Matthew V and he said exactly what I just said. He was like, This sounds like an indie rock Lady Gaga song and I was like, Perfect. <laughs> That's the best compliment because I hadn't Oh well art art pop. My favorite Lady Gaga era is um Fame Monster. Fame Monster for sure. I love that album. Um, I thought that was Christina Aguilera when she first came out. You thought Lady Gaga was Christina Aguilera? Yeah, well, no, because I remember hearing like Just Dance on the radio, and then like it was like Akon was like, yeah, um, backing her, and then I was like, oh, Christina Aguilera came back, <laughs> but she's like Lady Gaga, and then I saw the video, I was like, oh no, this is like a different chick because so she had like the same kind of yeah voice Blonde. candor, but like she yeah. she's got. They both got the pipes, so... Lady Gaga is a great co-writer and an awesome piano player and a great singer, and she writes for other projects, too. Yeah. Have you seen so, a, a Star is Born? I haven't seen it yet. I'm really excited I, about that. I heard good I, things. I bet she's... It's going to take her to the next level. And she's really good in American Horror Story. But the weird thing about Lady Gaga that relates to Canada is that Just Dance, which is her first single, charted in Canada first. It was not doing well anywhere, and it charted in Canada first and then went to the Europe... And this is back when I worked at HMV, and I remember she was in, not in the pop section; she was in the techno section. Damn. Yeah. And then the what's crazy is that when the Fame came out, which is her first EP, which is interesting because I want to we've t- discussed like doing this EP and then another EP and then releasing them all on vinyl. That's what she did too, because she released the Fame and then the Fame Monster came out a year later, which was like a couple songs from the Fame. And then seven more songs that were new, and they had new singles, and it it gave life to the old songs again. Mm-hmm. But when the fame came out, she was actually on tour with New Kids on the Block, and she had the, her album release party in Vancouver at Richards on Richards. No. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I I had a roommate named Jacob. Yeah. And he worked at Bessie Johnson. Yeah. He was gay. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is all but, lining up. Go but on. But I remember he came out of his room and he had just like really over the top makeup on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what's going on tonight, Jacob? And he's like, Gaga, of course. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, yeah. And uh, before, like, like liter- he, it was like literally someone just saying with makeup all over the face saying, Gaga, of course, to you. And you're like, what? <laughs> the hell are you talking about? like i i don't know i'm Before i i mean gaga i'm i mean yeah, I'm, you know i'm learning about the gay culture right now like i don't yeah. know gaga that that is that a is that a thing i don't know and then it was like yeah yeah just pop artist she's playing a riches on richards and i was like 
okay. And no, I didn't go. And, uh, you know, I, I went to a lot of things. Uh, uh, I, I have, yeah, I have a bunch of friends in the community. I went yeah. out. I've done karaoke at numbers plenty of times. Yeah, crushed it with a nice weave, Weezer cover. Oh, yeah. I tear that place down. I believe it. I've gotten. Tr- you know how many drinks I've had bought for me. I'm looking I at you. I believe anything up. you say. I clean up in the neighborhood. It's great. <laughs> um, so he went. But yeah, he went to that. Yeah, and then um, yeah, was like. Could not stop talking about how, you know, dude, Gaga, Gaga, big influence God. on me, man. I, yeah. I like happily and excitedly get every record, you know. Yeah, I got Joanne. Yeah, Matthew, Matthew V and I wrote a song based on the vibe of that record because there was this sort of like electric cowboy thing going going on there, and then so he and I wrote a song that's like got a similar vibe. Yeah, she's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I anything think we, else you want to yeah, say? Uh, yeah, I think we covered a lot of that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think we're just all really, I'm really, so fucking proud really of this, proud guys. Of I'm so glad album. you guys, I worked with you guys on it. Streaming and down all the DSPs, walking through a fantasy. If you got right. that Deezer. You got that sp- Deezer. Spotify, Tidal. Okay. You what's, got that Napster. Napster. You got. Don't do it on Napster, <laughs> Lou says. Our Apple Music. Do it on there. There it is. Pandora. Pandora. Get it. It's not on Bandcamp. No Bandcamp. It's on SoundCloud. Shout outs to SoundCloud. Shout outs to SoundCloud rappers. No, we actually. We've never really cleaned up on SoundCloud until this album. A bunch of the oh, singles. Yeah. Uh, have done quite well. Like, yeah, I think um, Feel Alive has more plays on SoundCloud than it does on Spotify. So weird. <laughs> I know. It's weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. But that's the thing is that um, for me the the goal for this band is that we just keep making cool songs that we love with each other, and we just keep playing shows, and we don't overthink it. Yeah, and that people are as hyped on them as we are. Yeah, and it's really that um, communicating. Like our interest and passion for what we're trying to create mm-hmm. to an audience that understands exactly what we're doing, yeah, and then sort of both stoked together, yeah, exactly. You we're know? all into it, yeah, because we need them too. Well, yeah, like that's the whole thing. Like if you're, we want them to love it too. Yeah, if you love Aphex Twin and Aphex Twin loves what he's doing. <laughs> That's great. Then, but then that you go to a, a party great thing and you put to put that on, on a listening party. Yeah. You know, it's you put on <laughs> You put on Come to Daddy. He has his own army tank. He has his own tank. He opened for Madonna and just uh put no, he opened for Bjork and just would put sandpaper on turntables and get booed off and that's his journey, man. He told Madonna to fuck off once and she asked him to produce bedtime stories. <laughs> Shout out to Apex Twin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please listen to Walking Through a Fantasy. We're gonna continue playing. We're really proud of it. We're gonna we always have content coming out now. And yeah, we're just gonna keep writing lots because we're this is the beginning, I think, of our leveling up. That's I feel right. like yeah, I feel like creatively. Scott Pilgrim? We leveled up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, guys, thanks for coming over and doing this. Yeah. Happy album release, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for having Cheers, us. Cheers, everybody. And thanks to anyone that listens to this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jake! Now go put on the album. Now that you've put listened on the to the three-hour podcast. Okay, bye. <laughs> and that's that, sweethearts. Please listen to our album. We're really proud of it. We're stoked about it. Um, and uh, I'm excited next week. Got a couple cool guests coming on. Uh, I want to have more musicians on the show. I know I've just mostly been having comedians. Uh, it's just that seems to be who I'm around lately. But we're going to have some good ones. So thanks for listening again. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>